What is good? Welcome to Spiritville Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life, and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good? Welcome back to the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. This is a fun topic today. Before we dive in, I do want to share that there is going to be a free, free nine to nine, no, literally free workshop next week in a community that I run. It's a little passion project of mine, totally free to you. Normally I charge exclusively for this community, but totally free to you. It's called Courage Co. You can access it at courageco.org. There is a free challenge, free access link. Get that link. We're going to be talking about life, about business, about relationships, and personal development specifically in these areas and what you can practically do in order to create different results and outcomes in your life. It's essentially life coaching at a rate that you will not find anywhere else. It is free. So go check out courageco.org. You can also find it over at my website, julianapage.com, under the Work With Me tab. So today... When it comes to being somebody that has a growth mindset or being somebody that is a lifelong learner, if you've heard the term, or you just genuinely love to grow and evolve, when it comes to being a person that is wired like that, or maybe you weren't even wired that way, but you grew to really enjoy personal development because of a challenge in your life or a breakup or something that led you to really do some deep soul work and appreciate the value of investing in yourself and really what's at stake when you don't. If you relate to that, the tendency, if we're not careful, can be to consume. Consume, consume, consume. We become consumers of a lot of information. So when this happens, the interesting thing is, is you can stay in this habit, in this practice of consuming information. And what I mean by that is going to conferences, listening to podcasts, enrolling in programs, and just constantly looking at social media for accounts that inspire you or ways that you can compare how other people are doing something that maybe you Uh, do that is similar, right? So sometimes people in the health industry follow each other or, you know, different coaches might follow each other, different therapists might follow each other to constantly get inspiration, okay? But here's what's happening when you're constantly consuming. If you make that a habit and a practice, it's time to reflect on what you might not be doing when you are consuming. So for example, when consuming is what you're doing, you're not necessarily taking a risk. You are putting yourself in a position to 
get confused or to get overwhelmed by content, right? Like if you're loading your brain with so much information, they're really and truly, even if it's good information, there's so much there's only so much that your brain can hold, right? So you could be overloading your system, if you will, okay? And, and content or new information, new knowledge, wisdom is only valuable if it's applied. <laughs> wisdom is only valuable if it's applied, right? Like what good is it to have knowledge if you're not actually creating anything with it in your life? If you're not paying it forward, if you're not sharing it, what good is it to have that? So for example, that would be like getting an education and never using any of what you've learned. That was how much time, how much energy, how how many resources, right? Like financial resource, how much was that, right? Only to not use it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There's no return on investment there, okay? But if we're not careful, we can constantly be in a position of consuming and create a case for why that is valuable and why we're justified in continuing to to learn, to grow, to evolve, to get more information. Because when you're consuming, you're not acting. So unless there is an intention to consume and integrate and apply or establish these new uh, wisdom bites, if you will, into your life, then it's really important to assess what are you getting out of that or why are you consuming in the first place? Because sometimes we can consume to avoid taking uncomfortable action. We can consume to feel like we're being productive or feel like we're making positive change but not implement any of it because we don't want to feel vulnerable. We don't want to feel exposed in any kind of a way. So think about it that way too. If you are constantly in a habit of consuming or consumption, what are you avoiding? Okay, because there is absolutely healthy consuming of things, but it can become unhealthy and it might not even be wise depending on how much time, energy, resource you are spending consuming. Okay, think about the return on investment and also what is driving you. Is it fear that is driving you or is it divine inspiration? You are actually led to do that thing. You actually need that skill set. You actually need that training in some kind of way. Or are you in a place where you don't feel like you're qualified? You don't feel like you have enough. You don't feel like what's in your hand, even though God tells you to use and work what's in your hand, you don't feel like that's enough. So now you're drifting into disobedience because you feel uncomfortable, okay? This stuff is discerned, but it's really important to be able to pause and to do some self-reflection to determine this, okay? So what I do want to highlight too is that creativity is a beautiful thing. For example, the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are wired like the creator. We are here to create, but not all good things are God things, Okay. So creativity, we're all creative. If you ever had somebody tell you that you're not creative, or maybe you've even said it yourself, I'm not creative, like quote unquote, those people, <laughs> the special people are creative. It's a lie. That's not true at all. Creativity comes from God because he's the creator. So whether you're what you might think of as a creative person, a painter, a seamstress, a designer, a musician, or something else, we all have some level of creativity since we're all made in the image and likeness of God. 
and your gifts and abilities are unique to you and they reflect a God just as extraordinary, okay? So some people have the gift of communication. Some people have the gift of nurturing. Some people have the gift of really serving and hospitality, right? They can just host and treat people so well and love on people, all right? So creativity can be expressed in many ways, but it's important to justify and validate for yourself that you are creative, okay? It also says in Romans 1.20, For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. So this is a beautiful way to think of creativity too. Since we all possess creativity, we all display different levels of uniqueness of God. How cool is that, right? So you can actually train yourself to look for God in people. It's wild, right? Psalms 104, 24 says, Oh Lord, what a variety of things you have made. In wisdom, you have made all of them. The earth is full of your creatures, right? Everywhere you look, that's why even being out in nature for some, for for many actually, can start really inspiring your creativity. It can start get your it can get your creative juices if you will flowing. You can be inspired just by taking some time going on a walk in nature. It's wild. I think it almost always happens for me. Sometimes the shower, not so much. It also happens for me a lot when I'm journaling or when I'm just allowing my mind to not think about a task list but just to be free, just to brainstorm or dream things up with God. And then Psalms 139, 13 says, And he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. So God wants you to put your talents to use. He wants you to create. And in fact, I know this by personal experience, when you are not creating, a lot of times that energy is being stored up in your body and can often be used in very unhealthy or unproductive ways, okay? And this can translate to frustration (laughs) or just busyness versus inspiration and creativity, okay? So what I want to cover today are just nine tactics, if you will, to help you create more and consume less if you find yourself in just a consuming cycle of some kind. Again, what I'm not saying is that it's bad to consume. I'm just saying pay attention, use discernment, use wisdom to assess what is driving you to consume and if this is something that's actually worth your investment. Like what is the return that you're going to get and how are you going to guarantee that? Because just because you work with that coach or just because you invest in that program or just because you take that class, if you don't apply, and I'm the type of person that applies as I'm learning, right? But if you don't apply and integrate that into your life in some kind of way or execute on what you're learning, you might as well have not even taken the class or invested all those years or or monies or whatever you did, right? So here are nine tactics to help you create more and consume less, okay? When you think about it, when it comes to remarkable leaders, artists, scientists, entrepreneurs, 
each individual has their own set of principles, but there is one underlying strategy that remains constant, okay? And this is revealing itself in different shades across each person. They are creating more and consuming less. They're creating more and consuming less. And we live in, okay, the default (laughs) of life. We live in a consumer-driven world. So you actually have to use self-discipline, self-control, to check yourself before you wreck yourself on this. And the first way to do that is to have this awareness. Ooh, man, like all I've been doing lately, I'm not getting the results that I want in my life because all I'm doing is consuming. I'm not actually taking any risk. I'm not, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, maybe you're not selling anything. Maybe you're not making any offers. You're not putting yourself in any sort of vulnerable position. You're not sharing your creativity or your gifts or your talents or your offers, whatever, with the world. Or maybe... You're not creating quality, well-being, and health for yourself. Maybe you're not working out or you're not drinking enough water. You're not eating foods that really revitalize your body and give you energy. You could just be eating things that tear you down. You might not be sleeping at all, right? But you could use (laughs) your creativity to create a plan and a structure that works for you so that it's easier for you to show up and just do it consistently, right? Or maybe in your relationship... You're just going through the motions. You're not communicating. You're not initiating. You're not planning anything. You're not using your creativity to think about how you could love that person in a different way, how you could create a new experience in the relationship, how you can grow together or do something fun together. Maybe you're not even thinking about that at all or using your creativity to do that. But creating more and consuming less It's through the work you put out into the world and the way you live your life that you build a sense of meaning. And really smart creatives, wise creatives, understand this in a very deep way. By creating more, you claim a larger part of yourself. So I like to say that I have every intention of leaving this world fully tapped out that I will have explored the depths of my being and what God has put inside of me and I've created with that, I've shared it, like there's literally nothing left, right? Leave the world fully tapped out, okay? And really wise creatives understand this in a very deep way. By creating more, you claim more access to yourself. You claim more of what God put in you. You work out what he put in you. So strategies like what I'm going to share help you build this energy to create. They help you reinforce or establish your identity and inform the tactics that you put in place. And while it takes shape in many different ways, the overall strategy in your life could be, I would encourage you to make it to to create more and consume less. And it's this mental understanding, it's this awareness that informs the smaller decisions that you make throughout the day. So for example, if I really value my health, I'm going to be really creative about how I get those results. I know that I'm going to work out in some way every day. I know that I'm going to drink at least six bottles of water (laughs) because that's what my body needs. I know that I'm going to meal prep or, or get creative about what I want to try and what I want to eat that week or the restaurant that I want to go Um, experience, right? I'm going to actually 
think about that so that on my day-to-day, the decisions are really easy to make because I've already planned that, okay? Or maybe you could take that same thought. I really want to create more in my relationships. I'm going to take some initiative. I'm going to look up a fun date for us to, to experience, and I'm going to uh, maybe book something or surprise my partner, whatever it is, but you can actually demonstrate some initiative rather than waiting on somebody else to entertain you. Okay, so tactics though are the individual pieces that compromise or that comprise rather the larger whole. Okay, so there's the main strategy like my intention here is to create, not just consume, and the tactics that I'm going to use, whether that's in my health, whether that's in my relationship, whether that's in my business, whether that's at my job whatever it is, those comprise the larger strategy, okay? So they differ and that they require an initial investment up front, okay? It is going to take some time to plan. It is going to take some time to get clear on what it is that you're going to create. It does take some time to evaluate if what you're creating is valuable. It does take some time to reflect on what you've been consuming and what you were actually learning or gathering from that or what you're even implementing from that. And it's what you dedicate time and energy to on a daily basis to reinforce your strategy that really matters, okay? So there's a expert on habits. His name is James Clear. You might have heard of him. But he explains that habits are the individual votes you cast each day for a certain identity, okay? The same concept applies here. Tactics are the individual votes you cast each day for a certain strategy. If your strategy is to create more and consume less, you need tactics to help you do that. Okay, so here are nine. I'm going to help you and do some heavy lifting for you. Number one, make it difficult to do the easy thing. In this case, that's consuming. Like make it difficult for you to consume. So an example of this I know when I was very new to relationship with God, I wasn't even aware that I could have a relationship with God. So when I was very new, I was wondering, how do I even hear from God? How is that even possible? Like, what does that even look like? I genuinely have no idea. Like, do I read the word and then something happens? Like, do I pray? Is there a formula to pray? Do I pray in my head? Do I say it out loud when I do that? Then what happens? Am I looking for something? Like... No clue, okay? No no grid to understand that. But what I did was, <laughs> I said, well, if this is where I am, if I can't hear God at all, I need to make it easier, right, for me to hear him. So I have to make it really difficult to not hear him. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to turn off all of the noise in my life so I can actually be in a position to hear God. I'm going to make it difficult to consume anything that would be a distraction. So I did not watch TV. I did not commit to going out on weekends. I did not uh, eat foods that would make me feel tired or just shut my system down. I did not listen to the radio. (laughs) I was not listening to any personal development or reading any books at the time. I was literally only in the word of God and serving in a recovery ministry in this season and whatever else I was led to do from reading the word of God, from journaling, from praying, all of that, just so that I could create space or an environment where I could hear. And I made it really difficult to be distracted by any other thing that could just pull me away. So You can't get lost in four hours of TV if you're not watching one and if you don't even have one, right? You can't lose yourself 
and music or the radio if you're just driving in silence and using that time to try to pray or to try to talk to God and see what happened. Or, you know, like if you are not going out for some period of time or committing to doing any of those activities, right, and and removing FOMO from your life, then you have a lot of extra time on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> to journal and to write and to get clear and to create space. And it's a sacrifice that many people won't make. But I made it very difficult to do the easy thing, which would have been to consume. That would be a great way to numb out, to get distracted, to not have to think, to not have to put myself in a position that at that time was very uncomfortable for me. But adding resistance can be a very powerful tactic. And you want to make it harder to mindlessly consume. So if you struggle with Netflix, unplug the television right? Or sign out of your accounts or remove different apps from your phone. Like take Facebook off your phone and watch what happens. Take IG off your phone (laughs) and watch what happens. Only like look on there if you're on the computer. I promise you that alone will change your life, right? If you struggle with mindless eating, don't buy certain things. Like don't have them available, right? Or create a nighttime routine so that you don't just find yourself mindlessly consuming. But make it difficult to do the easy thing. Number two, make it easier to do the difficult thing. Creating in this case, okay? Make it easier to do the difficult thing of creating, right? Creating is difficult if you're not making it a thing in your life, (laughs) right? So this really is about your your environmental design, if you want to look at it that way, or having a space that makes it easy to create. So one of the things that I found very valuable in wanting to hear from God and creating a way for me to do that easier is I set up an environment for that to happen. So for me, that did mean getting up earlier so I didn't get distracted by the to-do list of the day or other people texting or calling or whatever it might be. I would often put my phone on airplane mode and set an alarm for a certain period of time because sometimes I would just definitely like zone out or get in the get in the zone in some kind of way and not not know what time it was. So rather than having to check my phone, I'm just going to tell my phone to alert me instead. I also created space, no matter what environment I've been in, I make sure that it's inviting. Like there's not a ton of photos on the wall. It's not a messy environment. There's blankets, there's pillows, there's ways that I can really like nestle in to that space and spend time journaling or feel very comfortable just doing sometimes the hard things, right? Sometimes when you're journaling or sometimes when you're praying or reading or studying, different things come up and it could really challenge you. So having a space where you feel really safe and you can have a candle or essential oils or the right lighting in there, it's really, really important for you to be able to unwind. So building something from nothing is difficult enough as it is. And don't make it any harder on yourself than it has to be. Prioritize time and space for your craft to reach a deeper level of focus and creativity. Okay? So Think about that. Maybe for you, you're not going to create when you're just sitting in front of a TV. Or maybe for you, you can't use your office space to actually be your creative space. I know I have different rooms in my house where I do different things, and that very much works for me to this day. And your body remembers what this space is for. Like, so for example, even in my bedroom, like I don't have a TV in there. I don't have any sort of like uh, devices in there. (laughs) It's just literally a space where I go to sleep and it takes me no time, honestly, to just like hit the pillow and fall asleep at night because that's just what my body at this point knows is going to happen in there. (laughs) 
So it's a great spot for that. So dedicate time and space where you can focus without interruption on your craft. That will allow you to grow exponentially faster. Okay. Like I, I have experienced divine acceleration just for having this expectancy and creating space and having myself in position, right? Like when you stay in position, you don't have to get into position, okay? And it's really a first step in taking yourself and whatever you're here to create seriously, okay? And it's in fact what ended up launching my writing career, which is insane. So for what that's worth. Number three, pair positive reinforcements, okay? So have some sort of way that you reinforce the risk that you're taking, okay? So, you know, if you look forward to walking in the evening after work, then have that to look forward to on your calendar. If you really like writing with a cup of coffee, have a favorite shop that you go to to write, right? That reinforcement, it could give you something to look forward to. And you can then have these cues, if you will, to automatically associate with your creative process, okay? So if that's your favorite journal, if that's a certain coffee shop, if that's a certain room in your home, pair some sort of positive reinforcement to that. Like I'm going to knock out this work and when I knock this out, then I'm going to go get a workout in. It's going to feel really good to switch from my brain to just being present in my body. So I sometimes do that too. Like a lot of times I will work out in the middle of my day because it's like a restart. You know, I just knocked out like four or five hours of work and I'm going to just do a restart and then knock out some more work. So that could be something that is really helpful or beneficial for you. Number four, Allow yourself to get stuck. I know that sounds bizarre, but hear me out. At the first sign of boredom and discomfort is when most of us instinctively search for distractions or for some sort of outlet for immediate instant gratification, okay? And we do this subconsciously, meaning we do this without even recognizing it. So until recently, or just Until you slow down, you probably won't notice this. But if you can get stuck and allow yourself to sit in that stuckness or just sit with that discomfort, if you give yourself permission to sit there without looking away, without running away, without getting distracted, your resilience, your creativity, all of that will improve immediately. Okay, And momentum is easier to come by when you don't look away at the first challenging moment where you just bounce between distractions, it's not going to result in some sort of magical insight, okay? Where if you sit for 15 minutes journaling, you might get a hardcore revelation that changes your entire life. So it's very important, okay? So give yourself permission to not get stuck, all right? And too many people, here's what I'll say. This is a quote from Robert Greene. Too many people believe that everything must be pleasurable in life, which makes them constantly search for distractions and short circuits the learning process. The pain is a kind of challenge your mind presents. Will you learn how to focus and move past the boredom? Or like a child, will you succumb to the need for immediate pleasure and distraction? A lot of times we act immaturely. (laughs) Right? So the other thing is to create a distraction-free phone. Create a distraction-free phone. 
okay? So what do I mean by that? What I mean is for most of us, myself included, our phones are our number one source of distraction. Emails on there, Facebook's on there, IG's on there, TikTok's on there, uh, what is the other one? Snapchat's on there, all the things are on there. Games are on there, everything is on there. Your bank accounts, all of it, right? So an interesting way to create a distraction-free phone is to delete apps from your phone. Like I mentioned earlier, the ones specifically that you get sucked into where there's no return on investment. Get them off of your phone. Delete email accounts from your phone. Maybe you're gonna dedicate yourself to only using your computer to answer emails. And so there's only set times where you're gonna be answering emails and that's it. And you create boundaries with that. You can also delete and disable different web browsers on your phone. And I, I get it. I know this might sound extreme. You might need to take like a baby step here and go to like a resort there's one that's great here in Austin and also in Arizona called Miraval. They actually tell you to put your phone in a little pouch while you're there. <laughs> so they'll train you to not use your phone if you need that. But let me explain. Deleting these apps it actually makes it easier to, to not do the easy thing, which is consuming, right? Like it will reveal to you how much time you actually waste on social media. And you don't have to do what you've probably seen a lot of people do where they make some big announcement that they're gonna just leave social media for a month and they're back in five days, right? Like you don't have to do any public announcements, just delete it off your phone. And then you're only gonna be on it when you're on your computer. And it's very likely that you will not be on it as much, okay? And then you won't be on, you know, websites and just mindless searching and getting distracted and it might strike terror in you at first but just test it out for a week and see how it goes like see where all of your sort of mindless buffering energy is going and then you'll no longer reach for your phone like you would in times of boredom because a lot of times that's what we're doing we're eating out and we're on our phone we're traveling and we're on our phone we're like we're that's what we're doing even when we're uncomfortable in a public space we're on our phone so that's just what you do like your brain is trained to go into not thinking when you're bored so make it easy for you to not do that anymore and just see what happens you actually reclaim a lot of your time and your focus this way number six Keep a journal, right? So if you think about it, if you if you cut the time that you spend on your phone in half and replace that with journaling or self-reflection or reading something, you could improve your balance between creating and consuming within a matter of days, straight up, right? So I journal, I have a practice of doing this. I used to hate it. <laughs> I used to be told to do it all the time. I would not do it, so I get it if that is you. But it is the best way to jot down ideas, intentions, reflections, gratitude. It captures, it captures your curiosity. It helps bring awareness to, to challenges that you're facing, how you're feeling. It's very, very powerful to actually reflect on and, and give yourself space to, to pour out whatever is on the inside of you. It builds so much awareness. And by reflecting, you gain valuable insight into your own behaviors and tendencies rather than just wandering through life on autopilot. So worth it. It teaches you to very much be present and where there's room to improve in your life. Number seven, use art as inspiration. 
This is not to say that you shouldn't appreciate other people's work. Definitely celebrate other people's work, but you should use it as inspiration to create something of your own. So I remember in grad school, I went to grad school for film production. They said nothing is original. And at first I was like, well, like that's sad to think about. But the idea with this is like, Everything has been created, but you get to put your own spin or your own uniqueness on it. And that makes it new. That makes it re- that makes it original. Okay. So rather than just consuming, start paying attention to how you can actually actively engage in the things that you're watching, reading, listening to, and consuming. Okay. So think about that. Use books, films, documentaries, paintings, research, notes to create more. All right. Number eight, start small. Don't go off the deep end and commit to 12 hours of creating each day, okay? (laughs) You'll burn yourself out before you ever get started. So don't make this difficult. Maybe just pick one area for now and remind yourself that growth is non-linear. You don't want to expect immediate results. You just want to test things out. So for example, just creating more space to build self-awareness, try what I just shared about social media and taking that stuff off your phone and journal instead and watch what happens. Do that for a month and see what kind of results you get. Number nine, and lastly, find a medium that resonates with you. So while every remarkable mind shares some sense of this strategy to create more and consume less, Okay, the the medium, the outlet, the vehicle may vary. So for some, it's writing, some it's music, some it's design and technology, some it's making videos, some it's science, some it's engineering, but find what that is for you. Okay, the, the maybe to, to help you cr- get a list of things, it could be inclinations from your earliest years, things that you love doing. So I always loved playing outside as a kid. So to this day, like I'll go to like a lake or I'll go for a run outside and that refreshes me to this day. There could have been moments when certain tasks or activities felt natural to you. For me, the first time I ever experienced that took me a very long time. But the first time I ever experienced that was when I was in my life coaching certification after grad school. I, for the first time after years of my life, just felt like what came natural to me that didn't take effort, that didn't take so much trying, right? And learning and struggle, it just was effortless to me. And I could tell by the other people that were struggling that it was just not, that was unique. There was a lot of people that had a very hard time doing that. And to me, it was just natural. Like I was wired for it. I just, it flowed, right? So it could be a moment where certain tasks were effortless to you. And it could also be particular forms of intelligence that your brain is wired for. So my brain, for example, is wired to research and to consume a lot of information, but to break it down and make it simple. Okay, I have a knack for doing that. That's how my brain works. So the key, though, is determining what's meaningful to you and not absorbing what's important to someone else as your own. Otherwise, you'll just miss the mark here. Okay, so as a rule of thumb, it's better to lean towards the mentality of a strategist than a tactician. Okay, and these tactics, these nine tactics I just shared are meant to help you find your own starting place. You can use them to create momentum and discover what works best for you. And the key here would be to experiment and to remain flexible. There's no correct path or proper sequence here of decisions. And what matters is the overall strategy to create more and consume less and keeping that your focus. And I would even turn this into prayer and ask God to really help you 
to do this and watch what happens. Watch what ideas you're inspired to follow through on and how life becomes more exciting and adventurous, kind of like a treasure hunt as you do this. So I hope this message is helpful. That is the challenge for this week to actually evaluate where you are consuming and where you can create instead. Or if there's an area where you decided to create more versus consume less, how would your life change? And again, if you didn't hear the beginning here, make sure that you either go to julianapage.com Go to the work with me tab and register for the free Courage Co. Challenge. I am doing a live next week that you don't want to miss. So you can do it there or you can go to courageco.org. There is a link to the free access. It's called Courage Co. Challenges, free access. Click that register and you'll get all the details to be a part of that live experience, that free masterclass, okay? So until next time, stay blessed.